Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So this evening, as I'm recording this, because it's evening on the East Coast, uh, we're going to change our curvature, so to speak, on our podcast style, because obviously we always talk about health, business, and lifestyle. And don't worry, our new guest co-host will easily be able to discuss that. But I'm going to throw some key words in tonight on her intro that I'm not normally using, one of which is choreographer. That's right, choreographer. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Usually you think about like dancing, and uh, but I'm going to get a little hint here. She's more of a life choreographer, and she's also a big fan of flaunting it. Um, I've not had a history of flaunting a lot of things, but I've gotten better at that since we've got some social media out there, the podcasting out there. Sooner or later, you got to learn how to flaunt it yourself and uh, put your best self forward. But listen, we're talking about a former attorney, we're talking about an author, a speaker, even a radio personality, and she's got her own podcast too. So there's a lot more to her, and we're definitely going to talk about healthy lifestyle balance tonight. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Laura Sheetle. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to be here and jam on all things fun with you. Oh, we're going to jam on everything. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because right before I hit record tonight, I just finished another podcast. And have you ever, are you, I don't know if you, how much you follow the, the ketogenic world, but I had on a very well-known scientist uh, by the name of Dr. Dom or Dominic uh, Diagostino. And it just so it's just we now we're you know we're joking around before the show about Colorado and skiing and surrounding yourself with fun people, and uh, friends of mine got me this T-shirt. It says, "Sorry, I can't. I'm in ketosis." Because, oh no! So if you know anything about that, everybody's like, "Oh, well, Scott can't do anything fun because he's fasting and he's trying to reach his peak level of ketosis or a ketogenic state." So I just like fun friends who like to rip on me by getting me fun shirts like that. So I decided to wear it tonight, obviously for Dom's podcast, and now you get to enjoy it as well. So <laughs> I'm so pleased, pleased do, to know. So are, you, are are you in ketosis as we speak? Actually, I am. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I, 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 today is a fasted day. Actually, tomorrow I'm doing a second one back to back. I about four times a year I make sure I get in at least two back to back fasted days. But that there's still supplementation and vitamins going in there. But you're not eating traditional meals, so to speak. So you're allowing those organs to take a hiatus, rest and recover, and get your body into a peak state of detoxification. So. That's one thing it's learned. That's one thing that I started adding into my lifestyle back in 2010, as far as how I started changing the choreography of my life to throw in some of your buzzwords. So perfect. Yes. So, well, let's let's real quick let's catch the listeners up here. So, obviously, life choreographer is your brand, it and is. your book, as I hinted, is actually called Flaunt. A you know, drop your cover and reveal your smart, sexy, and spiritual self. So I'm having fun with that because I'm going to screen share for the video watchers right now. There she is. And there's the book. So finding your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your inner truth. This is your acronym behind FLAUNT. So I just want to yes. set the stage right off the bat. Perfect. All right. I like to, I like, I want to, I want to start though, if you can, on the last one. Trust in your truth. That is such a big one because I think most of us can probably relate to this. Okay. There's that whole set of expectations that we have to live up to, whether we're in school 
or whether we have a job or, you know, families, we're supposed to do a whole bunch of things in life. And while some of those things are great and fun and we can get excited about it, sometimes they are incongruous with our inner truth. And it's really, yeah. And it's really important, first of all, to know what our inner truth is and then to trust in that so we can live the life that we want and we don't end up being 110 years old and go, whoa, 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 whoa. I never did anything that I wanted to do because I was so busy doing everything I was supposed to do. Yeah, but Laura, isn't that being selfish? Not at all. Because <laughs> I'm making a joke of that because I've I've struggled with that over the years. Uh, I have no problem. Thanks to this podcast, I've gotten more vulnerable in the past couple of years and more transparent to a fault maybe because people are like, you just don't hold anything back, do you? And I'm like, no. I just really don't care anymore. (laughs) I was like, and you know what? It's so freeing to have that, right? That truth. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's so freeing. And I think it's empowering. I mean, we're we're just going to dive right on into a whole other level here by throwing out another buzzword, uh, burlesque. Oh, I like it. Okay. Where are we going with that one? Um, I dance burlesque. Very nice. Yeah. My wife and I have actually been to like a professional like burlesque, what do you call them? Is it a, it's not a lounge. No. Is it a performance center? I don't even know what you call it. <laughs> uh, well, it depends. Cabaret, there you theater. Go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've danced literally all over the US, really? including in Hawaii. We did not burlesque. discuss that during our uh, pre-preview. Uh- <laughs> I know, I know. But that's actually what a lot of flaunt is about. I use the concept of burlesque, the concept of dropping your masks, of mm. you know, t- stepping out of your costume and being vulnerable, showing who you are. And you know, just like you said, the more you put out there, the more comfortable you become and the more easy it is for people to connect with you because then they go, oh, Mm-hmm. I get it. And I feel that way too. And we can be real together. We don't have to put on this big fancy face that, yes, I'm amazing. I work out perfectly all the time. I never, I never go without eight hours of sleep and perfect work workouts and perfect diets. Oh, why, why do you think, why do you think I'm going through a detox over the next couple of days? We had, totally. we had, we had a lot of events this weekend uh, with some <laughs> friends and there might've been some glasses of wine and maybe an extra bourbon or two, you know, to close the night out. And I'm not promoting, you know, alcohol for everybody but hey i was like you know what i know i need to go through a couple detox days you know make the body happy again so yeah absolutely so yeah i party i'm not just a health nut (laughs) right (laughs) because balance is important too (laughs) yeah but i love where you're going with this because there is there is you you dropped a very key word here which i brought up in my business coaching i do it i do sales and marketing coaching too from some of my clients and their employees and it's like guys like you can't beat the power of transparency to create approachability and people don't understand that. I'm like, guys, like the more, I'm not saying you get down and dirty with your inner laundry, so to speak, uh, right off from day one. No, no. (laughs) But if people can connect with you, you come across more genuine, more real. You, you said like you're, you're, you're kind of taking that, that wall down that fake facade because you're worried so much about what other people think. Sorry, I just don't give a shit anymore. Right. I did it one time. I did it one time. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. and, and it is, you know, it, it, you're right. It is that balance of being socially appropriate, but also being honest about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, men do this too, but women, I think are worse at it. Sometimes I won't go out without my makeup. Oh, I yeah. won't go out unless my hair's done. Oh, I, I can't. I've gained five extra pounds and, and I can't. Mm, yeah, you can. And nobody is going to judge you. And if they do, that might not be the kind of person you want to be with. Oh, I, I get a kick out of it. There's some girls that we go, we, we were mountain biking yesterday. And and then we went to our friend's distillery for like a little after party and have, have brunch. Uh, so we, and it was 38, 39 degrees Fahrenheit when we started our mountain bike route yesterday morning. So I was really impressed that my wife wanted to actually go. And obviously it helped those other girlfriends with him. But when the rides start off, I'm like, man, these are some really beautiful mountain bikers because like, they're, you know, the faces all look very nice. And I'm like, but I, I, I tell my wife and our girlfriends all the time, like, guys, like I used to live in Colorado. Okay. We used to go rock climbing, mountain bike racing. Trust me. I like crunchy girls. I, I, that was my term. Like, it's okay. You don't need to have all the stuff, which if it was summertime, that would all sweat off your face anyway. I don't know. Right. <laughs> You're fine as you are. You're beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you believe that inside, not only believe it, but just live it. And then that's your truth. That's the truth of who you are. And I want to show up as me, whether I look the way I do now, because I've got hair and makeup and jewelry on, or whether the way I look when I'm rolling out of bed to do yoga, because no, I'm not going to go get all fancy to do yoga at seven in the morning. That's doesn't make sense to me. That would not make sense at all because you're supposed to be going into yoga to relax and get more zoned in. And if you're getting all hopped up in the morning to put on some, again, the fake facade, so to speak, it's like, why? Right. Yeah. You should be completely safe in that environment. Right. Right. So here, here's a question. I can't believe I just, it just, it just popped in my head when I said the word, like feeling safe. What, what, you know, as as this goes for men too, but as a female and as you are my guest co-host today, where does that tie into all of that? Is, is there a big component here, a, a, some power behind the safety component with all this? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Absolutely. What I have kind of come to realize is most people are afraid of being afraid. They're afraid of being shamed. They're afraid of being judged. Okay. So that's why they put that mask on. That's why they build up that fake facade because they say, you can't hurt me. You can't shame me and you can't disconnect and reject me. Okay. So they put that whole facade on. And then when something happens and somebody does shame them and they don't feel safe and they've been called out or, you know, on the flip side, um, maybe whistled at or grabbed at by, you know, men or something inappropriate happens again, they build up more and they build up more and they build up more. But the ironic thing is, I've come to discover the more we take down, the more we show, the safer we actually become because a lot of that safety is internal. Hmm. It's our own ideas about what will happen if it's not really what is happening in our environment. Interesting. So do you mm-hmm. do you find a lot of that confidence awakened for you? thanks to the burlesque component or did the burlesque component come later thanks to that confidence and that, and that feeling of safety? I think burlesque helped awaken a lot of it because I didn't start burlesque until I was 44. 
Okay. So there, okay. So this is a later yeah. development. Exactly. And had two kids. And yes, I teach fitness. I personal train. I do yoga. I do all of that amazing stuff. I'm in shape. Yes. But at 44, my body was not as good as it was pre having kids when I was 20 and working out all the time. And so I had to kind of get over the fact that my body is no longer perfect. I am exhausted because I was working full time and I'm still showing up on stage and I'm still taking off parts of my clothing and I'm still (laughs) showing you who I am as I am. And the judgment was in here. The judgment was in me that people won't accept me because I've got some stretch marks. People won't accept me because I've got extra weight on. People won't accept me because I have gray hair, because I have wrinkles, whatever. And then when I did, everybody was like, whoa, you go. That's <laughs> awesome. I've, now, because you're enjoying yourself and your body, now I'm free to enjoy myself and my body. Thank you for being real. And I thought, whoa, 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 I'm limiting myself. Other people aren't limiting me. I'm afraid. I'm not safe because of my thoughts, not because of reality. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It's funny because like earlier you had just mentioned how, you know, your, your body wasn't as perfect as it was when you were younger, but what the way, the way is, is all coming across now. It's like, well, how do you define perfect? Right. And where's that definition of perfect in your stage of life. And that, that's why I, I've actually really tried catching myself nowadays more. I never did before. I actually now try not to even use the word anymore because it does set the wrong precedent. And that's what I'm hearing from you as well. It's like, well, well what's your definition of perfection? Because if, if there is such a thing, then you're always going to be second guessing yourself as you hinted or wondering what other people think and everything else. Like guys like, okay, fine. I'm perfect where I am right here, right now. And what I've accomplished and what I'm about to accomplish in the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad place to be. Yeah. And stage of life too. I I just want to address, of course, there's an age component, but there's also a health component. There's also a circumstantial component. What else is going on in your life? When I was writing my book and I had tight editing deadlines, no, I was not going out and running and lifting. I was eating kind of like crap Mm. and that's okay because it's a phase of life and I'm aware and I will get back and I will always do the best that I can. It's just that sometimes my best is down here and mm. sometimes my best is way up here. So yeah, perfect. Perfect for me now. Perfect for what's going on in my life now. The end. Well, it's interesting because you said, I mean, well, I think I, did, I said it and you said it. It's like the stage of life, right? Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't always have the salt and pepper look on the beard and, and the hair. And that kicked in a few years back and I'm only 42. Uh, I got yeah. guys, I got guys I know that are older than me and they haven't shown gray yet. So I actually tell them all the time, like, that's just cause I just lived life more aggressively than you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, you know, it's like, dude, it's like it's set in from, I mean, and it's proven you can actually uh, attract gray hair. Uh, the more stress you apply to your body and your mind. And, you know, me being a former firefighter that didn't help with that. And I'm an adrenaline junkie. So I put myself into stressful situations. Actually, hold, I'm just making a connection to you. I put myself into stressful situations over and over again, which has dropped the threshold for me and made made these elements more approachable and easier. Well, that's kind of what you're hinting at here, right? Is that for me, it's adrenaline junkie stuff. Now, actually, to be fair, if I ever got on stage and tried to do what you do for burlesque, that would be some adrenaline pumping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's what we're talking about here is that you're, you're breaking that wall down. You're breaking that threshold down. 
And it doesn't mean people hearing this right now say, great, I want to go try this extreme new level of life and I'm going to try this. And it might be too shocking. Maybe you start off with a smaller speed bump or a smaller hurdle. Uh, now, is that some of the stuff that you like to get into with a lot of people is helping them figure out that that path, you know, that choreography? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you picked up right away on the term choreography because choreography in the dance world is putting together music, costumes, lighting, the stage, somebody's skill, and creating this beautiful, cohesive dance that is just a joy to perform and to watch. Mm. And that's exactly what it is in our lives. I too am an adrenaline junkie. I love things like rugged maniac. I love pushing myself. I love getting on stage and being terrified. I love it, but that that's a part of the puzzle. And that's what the life choreography is all about. What do you like? What inspires you? What gives you more energy for other things? What, you know, what are all of those different passions? Because most of us have such this wide variety of passions and we're told to niche down. Right. Well, maybe, but how else and where else can you can bring those elements into your life? So you're just waking up and truly loving your life and not being like, oh, yeah, okay, suffer through until five o'clock. Well, that's it's funny you're saying that just now because I was just scrolling down your site to figure I was going to share next, and I love this part right here. Allow souls to sparkle. That's, that's, that's that just clicked for me as you said that because I'm like, yeah, you're like letting yourself actually reach a point of sparkling and embracing it, and loving it, and owning it. Yes. Now, granted, a lot of guys I know probably wouldn't use that word. <laughs> No. But I get it. I get it. You know, find your other, find your other, uh, uh, your other synonym that you want to use for sparkle, whatever. Some people say shine, let your soul shine. That's mm -hmm. the point here. Isn't that where we want to be? And granted to your point earlier in the show, we're not always going to be in a state of sparkle we're not always in a state of shine. It's right. that's life. It's okay. Right. It is, but it's always about pushing, pushing for that next level of happiness. I mean, we all have horrible things happen. Okay. And yeah, feel it fully, feel, feel that horrible stuff fully, let it move through. And then let's keep looking ahead. Don't stop the N on my flaunt, navigate the negative mm -hmm. kind of goes to that horrible things do happen mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, job, family, whatever you will get divorced. Somebody will die. Somebody will get sick. It will happen. Do we stop our lives? No. no, we figure out what else we allow ourselves that time to mourn, to grieve, to do whatever. And then we keep finding what's fun and we move into that. So the navigating of the negative, I like you, you just brought that back up. Let's pause on that for a little bit here. Cause uh, let's, let's, let's be real. At least most of our listening audience is here in the United States of America, North America. But I mean, we, we do have a lot of international people too. And I do believe in respecting the world stage and there's, at any given time, very big spikes of negativity, very low spikes of negativity. But either way, there's still always going to have negativity around us. So mm -hmm. I love that when we talk about negativity, that the exact polarized opposite is positivity. So we have a choice on what positivity and negativity we let into our lives. How do you address that for people? I'm very intrigued because... I, for example, I do not, I call it the negative news network. Like many people do nowadays. I don't allow that to influence my life. That was a coaching tip I learned from a coach many years ago, uh, many coaches ago, and brings back the power of working with coaches and helping people grow. So how do you like to work with people around that negativity subject? 
I like to work with people in helping them realize that everything comes from within. Okay. We are a person. We are, you know, this whole entire being, nobody is inside of our body. Nobody knows how we feel. We are the one that creates our own emotions. Things happen around us. There is not another person on the planet that we can control. We can't control the weather, the people, politics, the world. There's literally nothing we can control except our thoughts and our behaviors. Hmm. And while that on the surface can kind of be a little depressing, I really help people take that next step and to find the positivity in that. If I can control my behaviors, maybe I can stop my hand from like picking up a cigarette. <laughs> if you're trying to stop, can you control your hand? That's all you need to control. You don't need to control the cravings. You don't need to control the thought. Can you control your hand? Yes, I can. Now that I completely agree with. I, mm -hmm. I learned that years ago. Actually, wow. Well, my corporate job just clicked in my head. Uh, but <laughs> I remember I had a manager and he's, uh, we actually overhauled the entire, uh, we actually created an entire coaching and development process to our management structure. And Ooh. because they said, listen, you have 20, 30 person employees on every team. This is back when I was a manager at a company and they stripped us of our titles and then they sent us to this immer full immersion, whole new coaching program and then changed us into coaches. And they said, listen, Managing people is one side of the frame. They say on the other side, it's learning how to coach and develop. And one of the biggest arts that we had to spend over the next two years figuring out is that behavioral analysis because mm -hmm. you might be teaching or managing to the same policies, procedures, methodologies, but in the end, behaviorally, each and every person on that team is going to behaviorally respond differently. Differently. So it's learning that hey, human beings are all different. Now, there might be some similarities. If you have, let's say, 20 people, you might be able to get it as generalized as like four segments. But if you really dig deeper, you're going to have 20 different personality types, 20 different behavioral programs. So mm -hmm. it was just a very eye-opening experience. It's funny because it popped back in my head right now as you're talking about this. I'm just intrigued yeah. at how that relates to your choreography because you have to be prepared to adapt and respond and change that behavioral analysis on every single person. Yes, exactly. Instead of thinking my boss is stupid, my employees are stupid, everybody's stupid, it's me. It's about me. Mm -hmm. What can I do to communicate differently to make my employee understand or to make my employee more motivated? What can I do to make my boss hear what I'm saying and understand what I'm needing and to solve this problem in a way that is what I need. Hmm. It's all the onus is always on us. I like that because we do mm -hmm. have to take that accountability and mm -hmm. be willing to at least look at ourselves first. Because mm -hmm. how, how are you supposed to get through to the other person, right? If you haven't actually right. gotten through to yourself, how do you expect to get, do the same thing with the person you're trying to help? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm a hypnotherapist. And part of the training when I was doing the hypnotherapy was understanding learning styles. Okay. And we've all probably heard about, you know, auditory and visual and kinesthetic and all of that. Mm. But they also talked about direct and indirect suggestibility. And some people are directly suggestible. If I say, hey, go over there and grab that. Some people, if they're directly suggestible, will do that. Hmm. Or if I say, hey, you stop eating carbs, they'll say, okay, I'll do that. Some people need the indirect suggestion. Wouldn't it be nice if you handed that to me? 
Ah. Or <laughs> sometimes it helps people's weight and energy and inflammation if they cut back on carbs. Mm -hmm. So again, it's understanding, are the people around me directly suggestible or indirectly suggestible? And how can I modify my language to get what I want out of them? It's a good point. I mean, I mean, actually, I can hear my wife in the other room trying to calm our coonhound down. He's a, well, he's a wildcat. And I told him I don't have to worry about it anymore. Like, I, I, uh, in the beginning, I used to get upset about it when I started the show. And I'm like, wait yeah. a minute, our dog is a part of our life. I mean, he survived cancer the last year. We had to cut his leg off to save him. But, I mean, we got rid of the cancer. Um, but <laughs> the point is that, you know, these, these different pieces of our life, and it's like, you know, Talk about carbs. Like she, my, my wife likes carbs. She likes bread and stuff like that. And I said, well, I mean, to your point, suggestibility, like, well, instead of me just saying, well, listen, I'm going to live my life. You live your life, whatever. But wouldn't it be nice mm -hmm. to not be dependent on that biological response when you're eating the carbs? Because that's what it is. It's a, it's a, it's right. a, it's a chemical addiction through the brain. We've already proven that with science, but not everybody wants to hear the science. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like me, I don't. I tell people all the time, like the, I'm intrigued how you're going to respond to this. The term addiction, right? Very powerful. It can be very uh, polarized depending on wh what person you're talking to. Not just carbs. We're talking about depression and all kinds of other components. So it's bringing that subject up in a way that people can easily talk about it and be non-judgmental, right? Uh, mm -hmm. One of your points from your flaunt, accept unconditionally. Make sure people are in that discussion all feel comfortable and they're ready to navigate the negatives of that, but they also know there are around people that are going to accept them unconditionally. So I'm just mm -hmm. intrigued how you would flow out of that little discussion point. <laughs> I will flow out of that, but I'm going to segue real fast. Yeah. I have a coon hound too. Oh, really? Nobody has We can always hounds. pause for coon hounds. We have a red tick. What do you have? Uh, I have a Tring Walker coon hound. Ooh, okay. SARS is our English red tick coon hound. So, and, um, yeah, he, he's he's eleven now. I think he's eleven now. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, mine is six. So okay. Oh, yeah, young. Not a lot of. Yeah. Yeah. He he met a, he met a young lady yesterday. We had him out mountain biking with us, and uh, and a woman walked by with a, a a legit red tick. I mean, it was almost all red fur, whereas <laughs> ours has a lot of white speckle. And I let him out of the car, and she was probably only five. So. Oh. Uh, so he gave a few sniffs. And then you could tell there's so many dogs in the parking lot that he just jumped right back in my back seat and locked it back down and controlled the, the zone of the car. So he was defending it. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I was like, dude, so, you, just, yeah. you just had a young hot lady there in the parking lot. You could say hi longer than five seconds. But hey, coonhounds do no. what coonhounds want to do. Yeah, they do. They're amazing. <laughs> so, yep, we broke for the coonhounds and now we're back. <laughs> I'm happy to because that's that's part of our lives. So. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Yeah, because when I heard you, I was like, wait, is that Watson? Yeah. No, that'd be ours. So, okay. And, I, it, and, and the funny thing is, every time I'm worried about that, you and I heard that half yeah. the time the audience and never makes it onto the reel. Like, it, if you and I can hear it, but for some reason, and we don't even edit it out, it just never seems right. to make it. I'm always worried about it. I'm like, nah, whatever. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about flowing out of that subject. Yeah, exactly. Accepting unconditionally. I, I love how you used it in terms of addiction because. What I think is most powerful with accepting unconditionally is the fact that it doesn't really matter what you believe. It doesn't matter if you think something is a mental addiction, a chemical addiction, if something is good, bad, or indifferent. When we accept unconditionally, it, that goes both ways. Okay. We have to accept ourselves unconditionally, and we have to accept 
others unconditionally. And the reason we have to accept others unconditionally is because otherwise it makes us crazy. So the example that I like to give on that is how many people in your listening audience or you have that crazy relative or that crazy friend? I think I was just dealing with a situation over the past couple of months with a crazy friend. So yeah, I'll go ahead and yeah. personally relate to that because I love yeah. my friends. Yes. But sometimes it's just like, oh, I need a break. So yes. <laughs> but I'm yes. trying to be I'm trying to be here and accept unconditionally. And I'm sure I'm crazy in my own way too, you know? Right. Uh, but I, I would ask the same thing. I'm like, hey, let's all accept each other unconditionally. We know we we, yes. we know we hit those crazy, the crazy spikes. You know, it's like, right. it's like sorry. But what's important and why it makes it so important for us to accept them for who they are is we know they're our crazy friend. Mm -hmm. We know the behavior that's going to drive us crazy. We know what will trigger them. We know what will set them off. We know what will happen. But we play this game in our mind that says, next time it'll be different. Mm -hmm. I bet if I do this, they won't do that. I bet if I don't serve this, they won't do that. And we spin all the, of these things up in our head about if I don't do this, they won't act this way. Newsflash, accept unconditionally that they will always trigger uh -huh. <laughs> with what you know they will trigger with, that they will always, whatever it is, drink too much, say the wrong thing, you know, call yeah. you at the wrong time. Once we accept that, we really let our, it's kind of like forgiveness. We let ourselves off the hook we accept them for exactly who they are, and then we can make a more rational decision. Hey, I am going to invite my crazy friend knowing that they will say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, totally embarrass themselves, and I accept the consequences. Or because I know my crazy friend is going to go down that path and I don't want to go there, I'm just not inviting them to this event. Sure. I will catch them for coffee later on. And I think an important piece to follow that point up is reaching that comfort level where you don't feel guilty about it because that lets yes. me feel, I mean, if you have to, I don't want to say shut somebody out, but you just choose not to bring them into the circle. It's not because I don't love them. Don't like them. It's just because that was my choice. So if I keep letting them in and I know it's not going to be a positive situation, that's my fault. I need yeah. to take accountability for that. Yes. So, if, and then if that angers me and frustrates me later and it's like, well, what do you expect, Scott? Like you made your bed. Now you got to sleep in it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And same thing when we're looking at our, like dealing with ourselves. I all often run late because I always think I have time to do one more thing. Mm -hmm. I'll return one more email. I'll check one more thing on Facebook. I'll, I'll, whatever it is. Until I accepted that about myself, I was always running late because I kept that fallacy alive in my head. You do have more time. You can do one more thing before you leave. Mm-hmm. I accepted unconditionally that I will always try to pack one more thing in. I accepted that. And now I will consciously be like, nope, not checking that until I'm I, done. I got a couple of friends, different circles, uh, but there's always that late person. And yeah. I, I drive myself crazy when, if it's not often, if I'm late, but then I take accountability. Like, you know what? That's because this, that, and the other, or sometimes, you know, God forbid traffic or whatever. Um, right. But I'm so annoyed by it that I will, like pull the car over quick, respond to the calendar invite that was a business meeting and say, hey guys, I apologize, I'm in a traffic jam. Uh, according to GPS, I'm now gonna be about five to 10 minutes late because I wanna make sure they know that I care enough to respect their time. Exactly. But 
we all know, as you just discussed, that there are some people who don't even think that way. And right. I have a few of those friends, and it does drive me crazy. But then I took the accountability and said, well, if you keep telling them the exact start time, then they will always be late. So just tell them it's 30 minutes earlier. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you just figured out your workaround. Or you don't invite them because they're always going to be late. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because again, it's always on you. Mm -hmm. Accept yourself. If you want to change yourself, you've got to accept it and not lie about it. Mm. Like the fitness stuff. I, I'm sure you've worked with people like this who are always saying, I can't wait to get in shape. I can't wait to do this. But then they never do anything about it. I, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, any, any new personal trainer or fitness trainer that could be hearing this podcast right now, <laughs> it's the one thing you, it took years for me to learn is that one, don't try and help the people closest to you. Nope. Because it's, it's falling on deaf ears. Two, definitely not your family and definitely not your closest friends. Three, um, it's all about the why. And I'm intrigued how we're going to take this into the next chapter of this conversation. I'm sure you're going to love this, but this actually applies to health, business, lifestyle, everything we talk about. It took me years to realize, but I'm like, guys, until you as a person sit down and dig so deep that your why actually hurts, like your passion just gets ripped open when you think about it, then I can help you. What are your thoughts on that statement? Because it, I, I used to just like, oh, okay, well, they're going to pay me, so it's okay. I'm like, nope, I can't even stand clients like that now. I'm like, nope, I'm not even going to work with you, business yeah. or otherwise. Like, Until you give me a really solid why behind why we're going to get into a, a contractual re relationship or whatever, Like, I need to know that you're ready to get in and get dirty. And if you're not, yes. move on. Yes. So. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> and how that wraps around is that whole first letter of flaunt. Find your fetish. Right. And there you I go. Define... Call it fetish yes. then. There we go. Yes. What's, your why is your fetish. It is. It has to be that thing inside of you that's like, I have got to do this. I have got to make this work. I have got to change, grow, build, whatever, because you're right. Otherwise, things get in the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's okay that things get in the way. Again, it's accept unconditionally. If you say you want to do something, but you really don't have the passion to do it, yeah. accept that and then quit saying you want to do it. I'll be Transparent right now. This morning, I, I I finally added back into my my regular counter on my phone. Like I'm a morning person, so I said, "All right, let's just start trying to get." The, especially on home office days, Mondays and Fridays, I, I try not to travel. And but I, it's like you know what, you got to get that workout in first thing. And this morning, I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. I jumped all over my stuff and I broke my rule. But I said, "Fine." I immediately looked at the rest of the day. I said, "Are right, you getting out there after one p.m. between one and two? Get out there and because I have a gym in the garage, so I'm like get out there and." get, you know, swing some kettlebells, get after it. You owe yourself this uh, yeah. because I always feel high afterwards and I feel great and it carries me through the rest of the day or in this in earlier point, it gets me going for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. But I owe that accountability to myself, all right? You can't beat anybody else up but yourself. Right. You did not follow your schedule so that you owe yourself another slot to replace that. You don't push mm -hmm. it off to the next day or the day after. But those are the kind of people you want to work with, the ones who take the accountability find a way themselves to replace that time slot or, you know, reinsert it back into their day. Mm -hmm. and that yeah, goes because for they get it. They want it. And it's that passion and that's why. And it's okay not to have your passion yet. Just quit talking about it yeah. until you're ready. Yeah, talk is cheap. Classic quote, yes. right? It's like, listen, we can all yes. talk. We can talk until we're blue in the face. But oh, yeah. when, are, when is your, your conversation going to reach the point of actual action? Because there's lots of people out there. Those are the kind of people you want to work with. Great. 
mm-hmm. you want to just talk about it to your blue in the teeth and you're willing to pay for it. Great. Not me. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. Like, no, I, I work with people business or otherwise that are ready to rip the lid off. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like I'm tired of you. Like, well, I've always wanted to start a company or <laughs> I thought about that Instagram profile or yeah, maybe I'll start a YouTube. I'm like, well, you're not talking to me. Nope. <laughs> nope. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, uh, we're pulling the trigger tomorrow. Right. Yep. Okay, good. And, uh, go. tight timeline. Let's go, 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 go. That's, mm-hmm. that's who, that's how I work. And mm-hmm. it took me a few years to realize that I, yeah. the people that annoy me are the ones that drag their feet. Yes. So I don't work and again, it. yeah, we're similar in that regard. And I think some of that is to the adrenaline. Sometimes yeah. I like to be, whether it's pushed on stage literally or metaphorically, push me out, go, I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'd rather sink or swim and I'm not going to sink. I'm going to swim and it might not be perfect, but then that'll get me out of that, you know, trap of perfectionism. Well, let's, let's, let's go back to branding, right? Let's, let's, let's pause on, on branding one-on-one and marketing. You've done a great job because... Laura has got a nice gold sparkle to it. Uh, you can't tell, but even this, even in the, what do you call this, like a bluish green teal backdrop right, behind teal. your words, uh, even the cover, obviously cover your book, you have three different shades of sparkle. All yes. right, well, let's relate your sparkle to my obsession with fire. Former firefighter, yes. fire in the logo, fire everywhere. All right. Yes. I want to get fired up in everything I do. Fetish, fire, sparkle, whatever. Same thing. That's who I want to work with. I want people yes. that I know that my fire, because people who work with me are like, holy crap, dude. Like, you, dude, you're, you're just fired up all the time. And I'm like, yeah. Yes. And I, that's who I want to work with. Okay. If you're not yeah. ready to get fired up, move on. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, you're saying, dude, you're ready to help. I mean, I'm guessing, I'm taking a guess here. I'm, you're ready for people like, okay, is your sparkle yeah. already starting to happen? All right. Let's get the sparkle out the wazoo. I want sparkles shooting out of your ears. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what I get. That's what I get from you. So, yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's just a little segue story here too. I'm enthusiastic. I move a lot. I'm energetic. I I love dancing. I'm a former, you know, cheerleader and that's my personality. Woo, woo, woo. Go, go, go. I'm always up. I don't sleep. I'm working out. I'm doing it. And that's what it made, what made it a little bit difficult when I was a corporate attorney, because my personality is. Yeah. That does not click. No. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, we're going to court. Your case is so good. And people are like, whoa, tone that down. Yeah. The people like, they probably look at you like, what, how many shots of espresso did you have today? Right. And it's like, no, I love this case. We're going to do it. And that's a shame because I mean, granted, it's weird having to go to court for anything, but it's like, well, you want to know that you're working with somebody who's passionate about what they're doing, I would hope. Right. Um, right. Yeah, corporate law, don't see that clicking. Man, you must have been like a a, a, a bottled up explosive <laughs> device just ready to pop. I mean, sheesh, that's crazy. So when, yeah. that, epi- when that epiphany hit, you must have had like the rib, the, the lid was like not just ripped off, man. It was blown, blown miles away. Yeah, it was like a, a soda bottle that you shake up and you go. Yeah, it's like a giant, yeah. giant rainbow shooting across the sky of sparkles. Exactly. Oh my gosh! Yes, you get it. You should get like an animated graphic for that. Just see, just all of a sudden, you just rip the lid off, and then there's a sparkle shooting like a rainbow. So I like it. New marketing, I new marketing like campaign. I like it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I, again, let's we're having fun with this, but that's also part of this point too, right? It's like. Why, again, part of life, part of your brand, life choreographer, right? Build your dreams, live your sparkle. Yes. Isn't that what we want to find in life? Something that gets you to sparkle at least a little bit? Yes. Get fired up a little bit? 
Yes, yeah. absolutely. And so many people, this drives me crazy, but it's part of life and I did it too. So many people have this idea that I'll do something when. I'll do something when I find a relationship, when I get divorced, yeah. when I have kids, when the kids leave the house, when I move, when I make partner, when, 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 when. Everybody's always pushing out when they're going to be happy. Well, reality says there's no guarantees in life. Nope. Can you just be happy now? Even if you have a long life, why wait until you're 70 to start being happy? Yep. Be happy. Even even when horrible things happen, I work with a lot of people in transition, bad transitions, suicides, divorce, death, awful stuff. Yes, transitions happen. Yes, bad things happen. Yes, you can mourn, but you can be happy and in mourning at the same time. You can be in trauma and you can be happy at the same time. True. It doesn't have to be this negative cloak over your whole life. You can be going through a divorce and you can still have a great night out. It's okay. I've had friends go through a couple of divorces recently. And obviously, because I've been doing this longer, maybe I'm just wired better for this, like you've just discussed. But I'm like, guys, like, it ain't going to be easy. Okay. No. Sorry, outsider looking in, but you have a choice of what to be, what's your attitude day in and day out. You know, people going through, and a lot, everybody's like, oh, well, it's easier to say when you're in the outsider. I'm like, no, I, that's my personal choice. Like, you, right. you think I haven't had crap hit the fan? You think I haven't had failure? You think I haven't had businesses die, lost jobs, et cetera? Like, I'm sorry. Okay. This is life. All right? right. A life worth living is one that's full of these big speed bumps because after the big speed bumps and the crash and burns and everything else, you gain some of the most powerful lessons learned from that. Yes. But not everybody gets that yet. No. And it, it stokes your fire. It gets you going. Yep. I dinked around with my book for about 10 years, writing down stories, making it perfect, changing it around. It kind of wasn't until I had a crisis point that it was like, oh, now I need to finish it now and get it out now. But now to without, be fair, is yeah. that okay though? Right? Let's pause on that. Yes. Because it it, yes. it wasn't ready yet, right? It, yeah. You needed something in your life to just push it. And if finally you hit that spot, it's like, that's it. We're on it. Mm -hmm. And because I think a lot of people also look at those types of subjects, what you just brought up here, and then maybe like have regrets over the past nine years before that or whatever. I'm like, well, or it just wasn't that time for it to shine. Mm -hmm. So I always try and ride the gamut on that and trying to figure out how to explain it to people. So how do you address that? Mm -hmm. I think I'm tying it back to what you were talking about earlier with fire and fetish and passion until you're ready to rip it open mm -hmm. and move with it. You can keep it in the back of your mind. You can keep taking some baby steps. You can keep learning and getting more information and growing and developing. Yeah. But I don't think it's beneficial to force something completely. Yes. yes thank we you. need. You know what I mean? Yes, it's okay to try. Yes, it's okay to push because they say we need to try something. I think it is like 50 times before we achieve any sort of mastery at it. So yes, you can try things. You can't just sit around and be like, mm, Netflix again tonight. You know, it's, it's funny you bring that up because uh, one of my fans and followers uh, made that light up the fuel sign behind me. Yeah. And like, he's a professional engineer. And he and I were talking at the gym one day. We were working out together, doing some CrossFit. And he was just like, he, he just started talking because he listens to the show. Shout out to James. And um, he was, I was just like, dude, why don't you just start doing a, doing something on the side? Mm -hmm. you know, side hustle. Everybody everybody puts on Instagram, you know, side hustle this or hustle that. Whatever, dude. That's how I started. Yes. I, I have, you start out, and the, the side hustle grows or fails, yes. right? 
If it fails, then you move on to the next side hustle and you keep going until something clicks or makes sense. Yes. And that's exactly what it is with choreography too. You try something, you put it up on stage and you say, that didn't work. Hmm. And that's okay. You realize this dancer is too tall. This one's too short. The curtains are shading people. This looks awkward. That music's awful. Let's adjust it. Yeah. And it's all fine and it's all part of the, the learning. I mean, I've been through so many cycles. You know, sometimes people say, you have too many hats. How can you be good at everything? Well, I've taught fitness since 1988 because I love fitness, but it's not something I want to pursue full time. I teach yoga. I don't want to be a yoga teacher. I want to teach yoga meh, once a week or so and do it on my own. I chose that education for myself. I went to, I, after I left law, I went back to school to become a hypnotherapist. I love components of that. But again, I don't want to have a straight up hypnotherapy practice. True. I'm taking the bits and the pieces of the things that I'm passionate about. I'm molding it into my way of doing it. And yes, I can wear all of those hats. And yes, I can do all of them. And they're kind of my side hustle, but I can roll it in and make it my own. And that's kind of part of that. You can't tell me what I have to do. If I teach fitness, I don't have to be a full-time fitness instructor. I just don't. You know, I, I love your point on that because I, I've had friends in the past. I used to uh, coach ski racing for like 11 years. And yeah, I don't, I don't do it anymore. I, 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 there's only so many hats you can wear at one time. Yes. So, But I still take some of the best practices away from that. And I, I call it a profession. It wasn't a full-time thing. It was always a side yeah. hustle. I taught spinning you know, in a gym for six years, right? Dude, I still, I'm not kidding you. I was in a CrossFit gym this Sunday and they had bought this new piece of fitness equipment that looks similar to a spin bike. And this girl was on there in the worst form and technique I've ever seen pedaling a bike. And she did not look like she was enjoying herself. And I said, would you like me to show you how to fit that bike to your body type so you can actually enjoy riding it? And she's just like, yeah, no one told me that. And I said, well, yeah, that's part of cycling. I've been, I've been a race, I've raced bikes for years. So I have these skill sets that are all in my head and I can just help people with it. It doesn't mean I need yes. to do it full time. Exactly. I mean, but exactly. I, what I like though, is that this trial and error, I, I want to make sure we stay on this. Totally. Yeah. Every, everything you just said, I always have a great quote pop in. Uh, most people nowadays, if you aren't on it, you better be on it. LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a professional platform for connecting and networking. It's not like Facebook, but it has come. It's starting to get a little more social friendly, but it's a great, for the longest time, it was a platform for recruiters. And it's not just that anymore. But anyway, the founder, he sold it, Reed Hoffman. One of his famous quotes, if you are not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you've launched too late. So translate that into what we're talking about right now is just look at life in general. Like, listen, you got to put it out there. Even if it crashes and burns, you're going to learn something from it. Hands I down. I love that. Right? I, why why huh. do you think there's you know, second releases of books? Or why do you think a, a movie, they try and make a second go out of it? Well, movies, they're just trying to make more money. But I mean, there's usually a continuance happening here. And they try and find a way to improve upon things. That's why mm-hmm. inventors are good at what they do. That's why scientists are great at what they do. A lot of science is trial and error. And then documenting... Yes what they've learned and everything they've done up to that point and then learning to do it better the next time. Yes. So. Yes. 
I love that. I love that so much. And just in fairness to that, every time I've gone for a different certification or learned a different skill, yes, there is a part of me that's like, this is it. It's going to be the be all end all. And I'm going to love it. And then I'm like, oh, I hate personal training people. <laughs> you know, I, I agree with that. It's funny because it's People are like, oh, are, are you a, so because I've had so many roles as coach. I've been, I've been a CrossFit trainer, AKA coach, a USSA ski race coach. I, I, I hinted at it earlier in the professional world before I left to be a firefighter, I became yeah. a coach, a business coach in the business world. And people are like, oh, so are you a coach? And I'm like, you know, I never put it on my website and I'm still mm -hmm. back and forth if I do it or not. But yeah, do I know how to coach people? Sure. I, I, I studied psychology in school. I use psychoanalytics. Like I, yeah, I'm really good at it. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't clicked enough yet to make it part of my brand. Uh, right. If you want to call me a coach, great. I literally have people call me their life coach. I'm like, I'm not your life coach. Like, well, you are to me. I'm like, well, good. If, okay. Thank you. Actually, thank you. That's, that's humbling. Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate you feel that my podcast helps you that way. That's actually a nice warm fuzzy. I'll admit it. But it doesn't mm -hmm. mean I need to like be, lead the charge. And that's my new brand components, right? So right. I love that you're pointing out that because a lot of people, a lot of us, I should say, not just people, us, all of us, we go through these spikes where it's like, oh, like you just said, I, I went through this new certification and man, maybe this is what I'm going to leave with. Or you let it fizzle out, but it's still there. But you said it earlier in the show. You're going to find a way. This is a great quote. I'm on a quote thing tonight. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> From my firefighting superintendent. He said, guys, you're always going to, there's going to be shitty days. All right. It's 16 hours of fighting wildfire in the mountains day in and day out for two weeks straight. He's like, it's, you're not going to enjoy it. But he said, we all have a choice. When we wake up in the morning, we go to sleep at night. He's like, we all have a choice to take the good out of it. He's like, what are you going to do today to take the good out of the day? And mm. I, I love that because it's true to all of us. Like we're mm. going to have shitty days. So it's like, okay, at the end of the day, you got to, reprogram that mindset and find a way we all do to find a way right. to take the good out of it. Right. Right. And, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier, what I love that you said about that is we were talking about the, the fear, shame, and the embarrassment and that we don't want to be vulnerable and put ourselves out there. Oh yeah. Full circle. We, nice touch. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, we all want to do it right. Mm. We're the only ones that recognize and remember our failures. I bet so many of the people looking back at your life would be like, huh, you consider that a failure? Mm. Oh, I forgot you did that. Okay. Well, whatever. That was great. Yeah. We get hung up on our own failures. Again, it's that internal voice. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I really messed that up. I wasted all this money. I wasted all this time. And other people are like, God, that is so cool. They just keep, she, he keeps moving ahead. She yeah. keeps trying. This is great. It's not a failure to them. It's well, and that's, I think, a big lesson that I'm hearing from you. And I think we're both reminding of ourselves as well is that that is what we need to be doing, right? Is that, yeah. okay, keep trying, keep moving forward, keep learning, keep experimenting, yeah. finding not to necessarily take the good out of the day, but take the good out of that program or that job or that career or that business from your past and keep, keep those components moving forward. Because actually, yeah. they're not hard. You'll find, and I'm only in my 40s, so you'll find that everything that's still in your head clearly must have sparkled enough, There, time back to you, must have sparkled enough in your memory to stay there. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas other things just fall out. Like some people think, oh my God, I, my memory sucks. Everything just falls away. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's a lot of stuff that just naturally sticks. I've noticed it. There's just, it's just like, boom, it just stays there. It's like, it's permanently programmed. Well, clearly mm-hmm. those are the lessons in your life over all the trials and tribulations that were meant to carry forward. Right. And you didn't even realize it. It's like, I don't understand why I know this stuff. Right. Because it was meant to stick. Exactly. That's how I look at it. Oh, totally. Crazy story about that. My undergrad was in journalism and I worked, yeah. And I interned at um, at an NPR affiliate and I mean, it was way back when, and we had the tape and we had the razor and we'd slice it and we'd tape it back together to do edits. It was crazy. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) But I loved radio production. And then I became an attorney and I did nothing with radio production and all of these things happened in my life. But I was always thinking I loved radio production. Well, then podcasting happened. Podcasting is radio production. Mm -hmm. And it was like, score. That wasn't a mistaken undergraduate degree. I can kind of use the pieces of that that I love and I can podcast. I'm with you, girl. Uh, If you went back to my high school years, I didn't plan on going to college. So I didn't take college preparatory courses. I actually went to a, uh, a technology school. So I was able to only take the standard high school classes, you know, in the morning. And then at lunchtime, you drove, well, if you had a car or you yeah. took a bus, you would go to the technology school. It was basically, depending on where you're at in this country, they call them vocational schools. They call them career technology schools, whatever. But I studied microelectronics technology. And ah. I learned how to you know, rebuild circuit boards and tear apart computers and all kinds of stuff. I thought I was going to take that and become an engineer with all that stuff. And I started going down that route. It didn't click. But you fast forward to today and... I can still rewire anything. I can still, I, I know, I still know all that technology, most of it in my head, <laughs> um, but I'm still a geek with technology. I've got three computer monitors in front of me here. I got double webcams. I got a mixer board here and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm not an audio engineer, but I get it. I understand yeah. all of it. So yeah. I'm very tech savvy. So yes. Yeah. And that's huge. I mean, for everybody out there, I'm sure everybody's got that thing in their head where they're like, I've always loved this. I don't know what to do with it, but I've always loved it. Well, so full circle back to my buddy James. Like he, he I had no idea that he worked, he likes working with wood. And he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, I want to do the side hustle thing. I'm like, well, why don't you start taking on some freelance, you know, engineering consultations? Because there's probably stuff that your company, your firm that you work for, doesn't do. He's like, yeah, there's definitely stuff. So that was his first thing. Like he did a couple of things on the side. I'm like, yeah, that's that's your right. I mean, if they're not, they don't. If it doesn't impact your current company's business at all, you're free to do that. Right. And then all of a sudden, I find out he works with wood, and we were, I was helping. Actually, thanks to firefighting, I'm a surgeon with a chainsaw. So, uh, so I we're over at his property helping him, you know, deal with a down tree, and then he shows me his wood shop in his garage, and I'm like, what is all this? He's like, oh, I like to, you know, work with wood in my free time. I was like, does it take you to your happy place? He's like, yeah. I was like, you might want to do something with that. Do that. So he makes like, this is this is very unique. He doesn't do this very often. But he makes all these, he takes like a slice off of a tree. You know, like I, we call it a cookie. And then he transforms it into all these different signs, like football team logos and all kinds of stuff. And now he's got his own Etsy page. And he, he he's never went on social media before. Now he posts on social media for that business and Etsy and all that stuff. And I'm like, holy crap, James, you blew my mind. Like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> That's amazing. Right? I like, love that. I was like, I never would have expected that. So Right. And again, that's it's not necessarily maybe it's not a full hustle for him, but that's his side thing. He now has his own business, his own brand. And mm-hmm. I'm just so excited for him. 
So that's amazing. Yeah. And like that, it doesn't, a side hustle can be a hobby. Sure. Or it can be a full time thing and it can be anything in between. And I think that's amazing. If he's just having fun with it, who cares? Yeah. I have to check in with him now. Now that we're talking about it. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I gotta go see where he's at that. now. So I haven't seen him in a little while, but uh, now we're talking about that. See that? See everything that's happened for a reason, people. Now all of a sudden, like I'm talking about it, and I gotta reach out to James, say hi, uh, I'll comment on some of his social media posts. <laughs> see what he's doing. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, we're coming towards the end of our slot, and I knew you and I were gonna have a lot of fun today, and we definitely flaunted it. We definitely sparkled. We definitely got fired up, yeah. and I think we definitely define what a life choreographer was more importantly how important choreography is to our life and being able to willing to adapt change fail and succeed again so all that aside and obviously beside your book let me actually screen share again here ladies and gentlemen flaunt drop your cover and reveal your smart sexy spiritual self uh but listen laura how would you like to help close our show out today so normally i have my guest co-hosts you know, they, they can leave behind an all-encompassing message, uh, maybe the, what, what they're going to take into 2020, since we are now in November as we're recording this. But I don't know, what, what are some final words you would like to leave behind for our listening audience? Uh, you know, thank you for asking that. I think the final concept that I would like to leave behind is even though it's important to keep pushing forward and to keep looking ahead and to keep, you know, like you said, getting fired up, to re really remember to take the time to sit with all the things that you have accomplished and to feel a sense of gratitude and accomplishment for everything that you've done. Because it's really easy to get too fired up, too sparkled up, too enthusiastic, and nothing feels better even if it's just for like two breaths to be like, dang, I really rock. That's incredible. I did do my workout today. Sure, it might've been a part of my routine for the past 10 years and I do it every day at 6 a.m., but hey, I did it and I'm awesome. Because I think, I think it's really important and for all of us overachievers out there, it's easy to take ourselves for granted and not to recognize how freakingly, stunningly amazing we truly are. Freakingly, stunningly amazing. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a, that, was, that just rocked my boat right there. Uh, I love it. Well, listen, hang tight. What a preview of proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, some great final words. And I, I guess I can shorten all that up and just say, I got to remind myself of that tonight as well, that we all need to celebrate those little wins, okay? Because all the little wins will eventually build up to the big win. And that's what I hopefully, one of the biggest things we got out of today, besides obviously learning how to, you know, get some choreography in our life. So make sure you check her out. Make sure you follow her. Make sure you maybe score a book. We'll have all this linked in this show notes like we always do on the blog article at livethefuel.com. And again, if you're just going to cheat, just go right to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or IndieBound and score it directly. But ladies and gentlemen, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. I think Laura definitely helped us do it today. I hope you could take some of that balance focused into your health, your business, or your lifestyle, or all the above. Uh, but as her final words reminded us today, make sure we are celebrating those wins, okay? Let's, let's reward ourselves where reward is due. Life is hard enough as it is. We all have a choice. So again, ladies and gentlemen, you too can live the fuel, and we'll talk to you guys again soon.
Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.